0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of energy sport Um today it's just me myself Angus McGregor hosting today um the new editor of energy sport I'm absolutely delighted to have this role and um, and I'm today joined by Anubi, first ever podcast for Angus Blacklon, eh, Blacklock sorry butchered your name first time there as well but tremendous first name I've got to say but yeah do you want to just um, introduce yourself and give us a wee bit of a, a wee bit of an introduction to yourself.
1: Yeah. So as you just said, my name's Angus Blacklock. Um, I'm a first year journalism student, at Edmund Napier University. Um, I, I I really enjoy football. Um, my team's hearts, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, look forward to talking about the Premiership
0: games and season season on a whole. I mean, it's unusual for a person to come up and say that they unfortunately supported their own team. I mean, if you're not going to back them, then who is, who is, mate? Honestly. When you support your club, it's a love-hate relationship at times, and we're going through
1: one of those phases at the moment. where are uh, we're not getting along put it that way.
0: Yeah, and I guess the week's not been not been the kindest day to be fair. Um, but yeah, as uh, Angus just basically said, there we're going to run through you know the, the Scottish Premiership ma- uh, matches from the weekend just there. Um, and I guess obviously as being a Hearts fan, Angus, um, I think the best place to start will be with your side. But I believe that you were in you were in Florence during the week, weren't you? Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I was, yeah. I uh thought,
1: as much as the result will say against it, but the whole trip was just amazing. Even the game. Everyone was everyone went there with no expectation of anything and just just there to enjoy themselves and have a party. And it mm-hmm. was five thousand hearts fans went along. It was just it's 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 one of those when you sport a club like Hearts or you like like yourself, Livingston, it's just, it's the sort of games that like you, you dream of. Like you you, you you only you only ever like think that it might happen and when it does happen like everyone everyone goes and it, it, it was my first European trip it, and it was like amazing but uh the streets of Florence were just filled filled with heart fans they were just you couldn't go down the street and not find a heart stop or a heart scarf and uh well behaved as well we've only we've only helped the reputation in Europe and Italy all the feedback from the locals was it was really fun to see all this color and all these people but uh yeah it was a good trip and
0: even if the result will say otherwise, a bit. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, regardless of the result, yous were very much the envy of you know the rest of the clubs in Scotland. In all honesty, it's the thing that you know a lot of teams can only kind of dream of. And um, for the most part, you look at Dundee United; they only had that one trip away to um to Alkmaar, which you know ended in absolutely <laughs> quite a thumping that made it made it so they couldn't really enjoy it overall. To be uh, to be honest with you as well, Mullerwell as well only getting you know. Um, put out the first stage as well so yeah there's a lot of teams you know who would kind of relish that kind of opportunity I mean the one time that Livingston were in Europe um, I think we had a team from Liechtenstein in Austria I think I would have been about five year old so you know don't have too many memories of you know the kind of games themselves but yeah it's what they what every kind of team is looking for it right, with of the old firm you know you're not expected to get too far but yeah making the most of those opportunities but Back to league action again for Hearts at the weekend, um, away to Aberdeen, you know, kind of a tough game. Um, two sides with quite a mixed bit of form recently, though. Um, Thomas Harper uh, was there reporting for us um, and kind of noted on that as teams are not the not the best of the starts. Well, not even the best of the starts, but not just kind of like a lack of consistency. Um, and I think, you know, you look at last weekend's results with Aberdeen getting beat off at of Dundee United so convincingly. Did you go in as a Hearts fan thinking, oh, that? This is a game that's possibly more winnable for us here.
1: Uh I, 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 did yes. I thought we could go there and we could get a result. And um, I mean, look, look at the missed chances both teams had in the early stages. It was just Cork one screams, sc- screams out, and it, it just seems every week now we're hearts are having a glaring chance that's missed. It was Barry McKay at Kilmarnock last week, but um, yeah, we had both teams had good chances and. Obviously, keeping my, Gordon and the keep, keeper made good saves, but yeah, I, I, to get back to your point, I was confident going into the game. I was.
0: Yeah, it's one of those strange ones. Um, I think that first half, in honesty, um, was really exciting. Um, a lot of end-to-end action, a lot of big missed chances. I think Duke at the other end had one that he probably should put through as well. and um, but yeah, the Cochrane ones an absolute glaring miss. It seems as if there's a mini competition in Hearts right at this moment, where I try to see who can make the miss of the season. In all honesty, but. I think for Hearts at this moment as well, the main thing that seems to be plaguing you is a whole bunch of injuries. Um, Andy Halliday, of course, went off, you know, in the first kind of 10 minutes. Um, honestly, what's what's happened to you? How he's crumbling like flies every every game. It seems to be that there's a, not even just one injury, but one or two or three. I think, I think it's just the whole schedule that we've had is just catching up to us, really. I think
1: with playing these extra games in Europe, as much as they're amazing and great, we are... We are playing more games than most teams in the league, which is why we have more, more, more minutes to get injuries and that sort of thing. But um, look, we we knew that going into the season that we'd have these games, and but we just didn't. We look the transfer window. I think it was a good transfer window, but we I think we needed more bodies. Nielsen's whole thing throughout the window was quality over quantity, quality over quantity. But when the quality, when the quant you need you need bodies when you're playing these games, and I think with the European schedule this season, when it's every every week instead of every other week because of the World Cup, they're trying to get all the games in before. It, it's relentless. You're not really getting to stop.
0: Yeah, it's not often you'll hear me say that I feel sorry for Hearts in this instance, but um, it does seem to be quite an excessive rate that these injuries are happening. Um, if only. You know, you were just playing on grass pitches all the time and, you know, you weren't picking up injuries on... Pla- oh, wait, that's that's what the case has been. Well, <laughs> sorry. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, Andy Halliday just adds to that list. Uh, Peter Haran as well went off injured late on as well. Um, And, yeah, it seems to be ma- mainly the kind of the issue with Hearts this season is the fact that, you know, it's a different team so often uh, that you aren't being able to create that consistency Um, and that kind of um like chemistry within like the new kind of signs that we've not seen the proper heart side just yet and in all honesty I think once if you get put out of Europe and then after the World Cup it's probably going to be then that we see that fully shine through. Um, and so obviously you guys have hearts have notoriously got a weird relationship with Robbie Nielsen. And um, there's quite a lot of people who teeter on like the uh, the rope regarding your manager essentially. Do you think that you know, there's got to be a bit of sympathy with him at this time because these things are out of his hand. I'm um, sure the results and the performances may not be the best at the time, but his hands are tied in many ways, right? Definitely. I think it, it it's a weird relationship some fans have with,
1: with Nielsen and I just don't understand it. I I don't understand it. The reason we're, we're getting so many injuries is because we're playing in Europe because we did so well last season and it's just, People want. People are wanting. Gone after we got beat against Fiorentina, and, and it's just we we're here for a reason. We're here because we did well last season. I think what we need to do is, as a team, and the general feeling around hearts as fans at the moment is just get to the World Cup and touching the distance of third place, and then we should be able to kick on after the World Cup once we get players back and obviously the January transfer window is there as well. But I think sim- we we do need to have sympathy with Nielsen and all these injuries.
0: Yeah, you look at the, the tough schedule that has happened so far, and you are know, use our seventh at the moment, but only three points away from you know third place. So, you know, things could be a lot worse. I know it can be easy to get a wee bit uh, overreactive, considering you know how how comfortably used to finish third uh, last season. But I think um, again, you know, what we're seeing in the Scottish Premiership that. I think it was referred to a lot as like the glob last season where you know from third downwards there's not an awful lot that's separating them I mean for example like Livingston and eh, I believe we went into the weekend eh, I think ninth or eighth we won and it took us up to fifth and it's like one one result was making all that difference there and eh, so I think there's got to be a bit of patience from a lot of the fans obviously things aren't a eh, things aren't being too great at the moment but for hearts over the likes of you know Hibs and Aberdeen and Livingston and Submarine and that you know there is like extenuating uh, circumstances that you can look to and point to and be like, right, once this is resolved, things are going to get better for us. But we're going to speak about Aberdeen, can't just um, ignore them obviously coming out of this game, yeah. the 2 0 victors here. And I think, you know, with the way that they played in the second half, it was maybe deserved. Don't think Hearts didn't deserve to, you know, to score at all, but I think, you know, that kind of clinical, um, Way that they kind of performed in the second half, you know, gave them an advantage. Uh, the boy Duke, you know, really stepped it up in that second half, I believe, and made the difference. Um, any, any thoughts on his performance? I I thought he was really good. He was he was lively throughout the whole match. Um, he
1: didn't give us he didn't give a heart's defense any rest at all. He was they, he was always on for them.
0: Yeah, I thought he played really well. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Hearts from part, uh, their point of view, um, the first goal, you know, it's well worked. I think the second one, though, you're probably a little bit disappointed at because it's very much in slow motion, Hey, eh? The guy's got, you know, you can see him hobbling about with cramp, um, but, you know, it's just that simple factor of the fact that nobody presses him. And I think that, Whoever was playing left-back for you is dragging in the middle to follow yeah. uh, Jovsky's run, and it leaves uh, the gap open for Vincent Bazoolian, um at the back post. Um, I think from that uh, aspect, you know, you'll be disappointed with that. Um, again, though, you're looking at the defence you're having, how makeshift it is, um, a lot of young players, but you know, you're kind of looking at that, like so Lewis Nielsen at the back there. Um, that's a wee bit more of an experienced player. He's just pulling uh, Duke down, you know, about fifty yards away yeah. from goal, completely nullifies the attack straight away. But what what are your thoughts on Aberdeen so far this season? I mean, I think they they seem to be, you know, at home they seem to be pretty great uh, in all honesty. But as soon as they get on the road, they're hopeless in all honesty. I think the two results show that beating uh, beating Hearts two nil at home, losing four nil to Dundee United away from home the weekend before. Does that just sum up their season so far? I think so. They're just really, really
1: inconsistent. You just cannot, you cannot get a, a gauge of how they're going to do. You, you don't know which Aberdeen you are going to get. But I, but I think that's, I think that's the case for a lot of teams in Scottish football at the moment in the Premiership. I look at a lot of the teams and it's just, I don't know if they're going to be, their good selves or the bad, or their bad selves. It's just really inconsistent. I think.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we're kind of on about with third downwards. There's not an awful lot separating the sides. So I think we're going to see that, you know, for a lot of the time. And, you know, who knows, that could lead to, you know, maybe the most exciting race for the top six um, that we've we've, we've ever seen. I mean, if it's this tight for the whole season, can you imagine going into those final games before the split and, you know, you're talking about four places being up for grabs? Um, I think you will be looking at, you know, your bigger clubs um, looking to finish in there. Um, but, you know, off of the off of the form so far, I don't think it's quite uh, so set in stone. But, yeah, um, decent result for Aberdeen. I think that moves them, I think, what, into fourth place, I believe? Or third or yeah, fourth, fourth? Fourth place. Fourth place, um, Hibs in third. Um, yeah, I think they'll be looking to carry on that. But we'll go on to speak about something that you'll probably get a wee bit more joy talking about. And that is um, your city rivals, Hibs, getting demolished 6-1 against Celtic. and. I think for a couple of weeks there, you know, obviously Celtic losing um, to St Mirren, you know, quite disappointing results in Champions League without, you know, playing poorly. And then obviously just kind of scraping a last minute win against St Johnston there. I feel like some of us were maybe thinking that, um, you know, was this team starting to figure Celtic out a little bit? Or was the was the schedule starting to catch up on them as well? We've seen, you know, a couple of injuries as well. Callum McGregor dropped out. A lot of players were rested. Um, however you know celtic bounce back in resounding fashion you know especially with like james forrest scoring a hat trick um, yeah um can't ever write off celtic when they've got that squad depth can you exactly the 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 old firm are just a completely different level with,
1: in terms of who they can bring on the resources that they've got the players that they have like james forrest first start of the season he scores a hat trick to get 100 hundred hundred goals for celtic
0: you got geo there scoring a couple you got they're just a different level completely. Yeah, you're talking about that. You can bring in Aaron Moy, who's, you know, played at World Cup, played at a high level and that. For this kind of level, yeah, they are those kind of solid players who can come and do something. Obviously, Moy and Forrest will be past, it, um, past their best, in all honesty. But, you know, they can come in for those odd games and you can make the difference if the system is right. Um, even though James Forrest has reached 100 goals um, for Celtic and, you know, got a hat-trick, I still think he'll join me in agreeing that he's not the best Forrest in the league. Um. But yeah, do um, you think James Forrest is somebody who's a little bit underappreciated at Celtic? Obviously, you talk about that kind of goal record. I believe there's some stat that he's only made like over 30 appearances in like a couple of seasons that he's actually played. Um, so in a way, that's like a, maybe a negative that, you know, he's not been reliable on that time. But you look at the kind of output that he's gave as well. Is he somebody that the Celtic fans are maybe a little bit too harsh on? I think possibly, I think possibly. Um, he's He has always struggled
1: with injuries, which I think, Plays in that sort of sense that he's not always reliable and he can't be trusted or whatever. But he, he, his goal record speak for, speaks for itself. 100 goals for any football team is, is something to stand up and take
0: notice of, really. Yeah, the 30th player to do that. I think it'll be interesting to see what a breakdown uh, of those goals is like because I remember that kind of couple of seasons where, you know, for Celtic and for Scotland, he was on great form. Um, but aye, with the with the inclusion of the kind of like recent uh, influx of, you know, the Japanese players and like Sajota uh, and that coming in, he seems to have kind of been forgotten about. I think a couple of people are speculating that he may be maybe exiting, but if anything, he's given himself a little bit of a chance, you know, of getting back in the team. And after scoring a hat trick, the jersey's his. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Celtic move on from there. Um, but yeah, um, going on to Hibs as well, um, poor performance from them. I think, you know, couple of the defending um, from there I think you can always expect Hibs to have a mistake in them and I think one of them is very obviously the boy Kenner in the middle of the park um, it always kind of uh, confusing me with Hibs that you know, they always kind of end up with this kind of thing where they can kind of crumble in this kind of way, um, I think they'll be very disappointed that they've lost 6-1 there but at the same time you know they're playing the league champions away from home who have this excess amount of quality um, can't really look too much into this result can you? No,
1: I think, I think it's always a a write off when you go to Ibrox or Celtic Park, just because you're not expected to win. Like, no, very rarely do teams win at Ibrox or Celtic Park, and um, I think it's it's a weird one with Hibs because they've started the season really well, but I think it's I think what what's happened this week shows playing two game two three games a week is actually really hard, which is what they've seen going up to Tannadice on Tuesday night. Getting beat, albeit they should have had a goal, which was offside, but never offside. But going, going to Celtic Park as well, it's all, it's always a write off. They they're not expected to do anything there, but they will be very
0: disappointed to concede six. I think with that as well, though you talk about that, they've lost the last two games, but they still remain in third place. There may be frustration there with the Duncan 8 game that you know they could have created that wee bit more of a gap, um, you know, and kind of cemented their place in third place before going into a big game against against uh, Celtic. Sorry. Um, but it all just makes you know their game this Friday night um against John Stephen more uh, tantalising. I believe is this the first game that has VAR in, in that's, Yeah, that's it. Yeah. First game of That'll be an interesting one to see how that goes. Um just what what are your general thoughts on VAR being brought into Scottish football? Are you pro? Are you for? Are you against or? I'm I'm for VAR, but not the English version. I think you see, you see, you we see countries in Europe. appear like is it going to be you know wearing like a kilt and a bonnet or something?
1: No, no, nothing like that. But you see, you see countries in Europe where um, it's it's run so much better than it is in England. And in England, it just seem to be a bit of a circus at the moment. But but you see in Scotland games, it's worked fine in UEFA competition. It's worked fine at like the Euros. It was fine. It's just I think I think it's good that we're getting it. In I've always been for it, um. I think it's about time because I think we would be being left behind as a footballing country and not getting it because it seems like everyone else in Europe and all is getting it at the moment. So I am generally for it. But I'm, what I'm not for is like bringing it in mid season. It only adds to the controversy of big refereeing decisions and big goals or whatever. Because come the end of the season, you'll have fan bases going, oh, if it was in the start of the season, we'd have these points and we wouldn't have had these points. and we should either got it in in the summer or wait till next summer. In my in my
0: opinion, yeah, I agree with that because I'm looking back at some of the Livingston games this season. I mean, we had a penalty given against us against Mullerwell for a handball which hit M'intano clearly on the chest, which would never have been given if the VAR was there. And um, also last weekend against Ross County, there should have been a red card for Keith Watson as well. And um, so there's a couple of instances already that we're looking at. and I'm sure there'll be plenty of more brought up from other teams, but that is quite a strange uh, way that's been brought in. One point I think you were saying about you know you don't want the English version um, is do you think that that's not ran as smoothly because of the refereeing quality and if so are you confident that the likes of Willie Collum and Kevin Clancy are going to be able to use this technology to the best of its ability? Um, honestly, no. But
1: <laughs> I, I think I think part of it is that because as as much as it's the technology and all that, it's still the humans making the decisions. So. I think part of it will be that, but we'll 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 wait and see. It's never happened before, so
0: I'm just really really excited to see where these screens are going to end up in most of these stadiums. Um, if anybody's ever been to the Tony Macaulay Arena, you can see that it's quite a tight stadium. That's quite the, the stands are quite close to the pitch. There's not an awful lot of uh, room there. The referee is going to have to like run down the tunnel essentially to you know to find somewhere to go and uh, to go and do so. Um, likes so of Ross County in that as well, where is this going to happen? Um, I think that's going to be an interesting thing that's just going to add to the drama. The referee's going to disappear for a wee bit and then he's going to make an entrance, you know, like a, a returning WWE superstar to like a either tremendous ovation when it's going for the home side or going against them. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's happened. And in all honesty, I can't think of a better game to have VAR than Hibs versus St. Johnston. I'm sure it'll be an absolute classic. Friday night, on the floodlights. Exactly, perfect, and you know that would be an interesting one to go to. I think you know Friday night. I think they're trying some new things, you know, to try and get more fans to go. I think um, you know, I think they may have done like an initiative to you know to lower ticket prices yeah. as well. So I think, I think they had a donate a ticket sort of thing for Fiverr, which um, credit to Ibs for doing that and should could definitely boost attendances. Yeah, that's a, a great credit to Ibs for doing that, um, because you know we're all going through the kind of cost of living crisis and whatnot. So it's good to see a side. Um, kind of doing that, um, and more being more prominent in Scottish football at the moment. I say that as Livingston next week go to Ibrox to pay thirty-one quid to see us inevitably get defeated. But um, yeah, um, it'll be an interesting game just there. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll move on. You know, speaking of Rangers, um, a very very tough week for them. Um, what did you make of their their midweek humping against Liverpool?
1: Uh, I actually didn't
0: see it because I was on a flight to Florence, but um.
1: I, this guy won't stop talking about Florence, man. Jeez. I'm just just being honest. But um <laughs> it took off at half time and it was one one and I'm thinking, Maybe just could get something here. I brought some the floodlights land and C seven and it's just like <laughs> it's it, it's it's one where you're like, oh, that doesn't really help the narrative that Scottish football is so far behind English football and as much as you want to say it's not and but I think part of that was just Rangers. I saw the highlights and some now defending and losing Goldson after how how however long it was was
0: was it was always gonna be an uphill pass from there for them. I think it's that hope that kills you to be honest. If you're going in one-one at half time and um, you're looking at it like right, if we keep things um, keep things tight, we can maybe snatch another goal or whatnot. But yeah, I don't think anybody could have predicted that Liverpool would come on and score six goals in the second half. Uh, an absolute astronomical performance from them, but. Yeah, Rangers have been quite a strange one this season. I don't think they've ever been, I've watched them too much this time this season and been massively impressed by them. And I think a lot of that has to do with the recruitment from an outside perspective. You spoke about it there with um, Conor Goldson going off injured there, and it seemed to have like a catastrophic effect on the side. You look at the centre-back options that they had, Leon King's been thrust in there as a youth player. John Suter's having an injury issues. Uh, ben Davies has been known for being injury-prone as well. Hollander I think, ruled out as well. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, the midfield as well, it's the same midfield players that have been there since, you know, about four or five years ago they're still relying on Scott Arfield who's, what, reaching mid-30s, um, Steve Davis is reaching 40 as well when you're playing against teams like Liverpool and, that, and you're turning to the subs bench and your first ones to bring on are Leon King and Steve Davis, I think that makes a big, massive difference in all honesty you know, they've got a record transfer fee for, for Calvin Bassey. they Sold Nathan Patterson for a lot of money. Um, I think he got over ten million for Joe Rebo as well. If I'm correct, that's yeah. just not been re put back into the team, has it? Tillman's came on from loan from uh Bayern Munich, and he's been. We'll get onto him and his goal later, but he's not been consistent enough for a side like Rangers. I would say Tom Lawrence has came in and got injured. Cholax came in and you know he's a great finisher, but maybe doesn't offer enough um off the ball whenever you are mm-hmm. pending against like a team like Liverpool what are your general thoughts on Rangers um, recruitment and do you think that's something that's holding them back this season definitely I think the recruitment it was
1: you looked at the signs they made and it looked okay but they just didn't bring in enough if you know what I mean you also look at next summer how how many of the players are out of contract and you're looking at Kent Morales, big money players that have being being in the press for rumored big money moves, if they, I, I highly doubt that they'll sign new deals, and if they do, they'll have to break the bank to get them to keep them basically. But,
0: and I think yeah, just the recruitment as on the whole been pretty under par. Yeah, I agree. at this game, I think there was a lot of pressure going on them to get a result, which they did do two um, one against Morewell away from home. Um, a good goal from Tillman. Um, you know to. Pick it up from the halfway line, I think you've got to applaud any goal of a player who you know carries the ball that far and um, and finishes it off. But a lot has got to be said about the defending, right? Oh hundred percent. It's poor defending. <laughs> as much as it's a great goal
1: and a tidy finish, the defending's shocking. There's like there's five Motherwell defenders on cut round ra- around within a yard of Tillman and, and you still manage to get through and get get a shot away. I think I think the run from Matondo takes I don't know who the Motherwell left-back was, but it takes the Motherwell left-back with him, which opens up Thielman just to
0: easily just run in and slot home. Yeah, I don't think it was you know the, the greatest of games. You know, that kind of quality would open it up. Uh, John Lundstrom would obviously add like another one. Um, but it wasn't to be you know the most comfortable of endings for Rangers. Uh, McKinstry scores uh, quite a great free kick. I think he completely takes everybody by surprise. I think everybody's expecting a cross. And at first it looks as if he's just overhit it. And um, It just nestles very nicely into the back of the net um, and it made it a little bit more uncomfortable. Do you think that that kind of manner of you know Rangers being 2 nil up, even though you know it is maybe a little bit of a free goal that they've conceded because it doesn't come across as a emphatic performance following um, the midweek disappointment, do you think that that still puts a little bit of pressure on them? I think it does. I think you look at over the past couple of seasons, how often have Rangers
1: slipped up away from home To a Livingston, a Ross County, a mother not not a Mudwell. but uh, yeah, it's happening quite, not common, but it's happening more often than it is with Celtic, where they're slipping up away from home. Maybe it's a complacency, complacency, maybe it's just other teams raising the game for when Rangers come to Tangle. but I think it is worrying how many times that they're losing goals and when when it could just be a comfortable 2-0, see the game out job,
0: and it's not. Yeah, as you mentioned as well, you know, I think, you know, with the old farm, you're never, ever going to be able to talk about one without talking about Villa. Them obviously seeing how Celtic dispatched of Hibs so convincingly and so easily um, with such a great performance, missing certain players as well, missing key attacking personnel. Um, I think, you know, there will be a little bit of frustration. But, you know, at the end of the day, the three points is the main thing. Um, and they got that in the end. And I think they've, you know, they've got to keep on... Building upon that, um, there's not an awful lot they can do, you know, to fix, you know, the kind of recruitment side again, uh, things and that. Now it's going to be a very interesting January transfer window. Although I think for for Rangers, as the, you know, I think there is a lot of work to do, you know, in bridging that gap between themselves and Celtic. I think you're looking at the games last season, uh, the final couple of old firm games. You're saying that cool Rangers are, you know, kind of getting back into it more. You know that you look at that semi final. I think the one that they drew one one at Parkhead, it seemed as if you know. They managed to snuff them out a little bit, but you know that previous old firm there, the four nil, and then you know dropping some silly points in the process as well. I think they've been bailed out a little bit by Celtic draw, eh, losing to St Mirren as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting title race. Do you do you think that Rangers have got what it takes to you know to get back into it properly and overtake Celtic? Um, I I think Celtic just are just still too good, but for all for all Rangers'
1: flaws, they're still only two points off Celtic. So it only takes Celtic to drop off, drop off, drop more points again, and although that isn't likely, it can still happen, and we have already seen it happen this season. I think just in general, I think I I just think Celtic the quality they have, and I think I think they're just a bit ahead of Rangers at this time.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point to talk about. You know, only two points behind. Uh, I think that kind of just signifies you know how how important Old Firm games are going to be this season, um, because you know. Things may seem a little bit down for Rangers at the moment, um, but you know, come that next Old Firm game, if they're still only two points behind, they then win that massive turnaround that does for them, and you know, suddenly things aren't so gloom. And you know, they're talking about you know how you know a corner's been turned and whatnot. So it's going to be a very interesting one to to keep an eye on for sure. Um, but yeah, with Mullerwell as well, I think they're another side who comes very much into that uh, bracket of inconsistency. Um, Stephen Hamill obviously came in and took over from Graham Alexander, um, you know, following a very poor European run. What have you thought of Mullerwell so far? Do you think there was glimpses in here that showed them that they could get into the top six perhaps? Yeah, I mean you see glimpses. I mean, they
1: played they played really well against us and the three the three nil like didn't didn't show that really. But um they've only won one of the last five, which was not which is in great form for them. So uh, We'll so need to change that around, but I, I like the looks of Van Veen, and and um, yeah, I think he's a really good player. I think he can help
0: them do really well this season if he stays fit. Yeah, I think that is the kind of issue with Van Veen. Um, perhaps it's not the service that he gets every week, um, but you know, you look at that the last kind of like running games that they've had quite a tough one. You know, they've played uh, Rangers, Hibs away from home, Celtic away from home, and then I uh, the hosted Hearts as well. Um so maybe it's just been that kind of run that's not. Yeah, Kindness to them as well. So maybe a wee bit more sympathy. Um, I think you know a lot of teams are going to be looking at, you know, the bigger sides. For example, the two Edinburgh, the two Glasgow, and Aberdeen. Um, as being you know games that you know if you get anything, it's kind of like a bonus for. It. And then it's those kind of other teams around them that you know the crucial points are going to be picked up from. Um, but yeah, um, overall, yeah, solid enough side. And uh, don't probably create too much. Um, i actually seen a surprising stat, actually, that um, I think it was an analysis about, you know, the teams who do the uh, the most amount of, like, long passes. Um, so, but Livingston, you know, we were down at the bottom uh, for, like, the most amount of them. I was surprised to see that Mullerwell weren't quite up there because I always often see, you know, Van Veen as being seen as an outlet there. But maybe that's something, you know, that Hamill is properly um, trying to implement a wee bit more. I mean, I don't see Mullerwell play an awful lot. And when it is, it's against, usually against the old firm, um, you don't know, on Sky Sports, so it's probably not the best kind of basis to base it off of. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on them. Obviously, they pipped us to the top six last season. Um, I don't think they're a team that, you know, we could necessarily rule out in that matter as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think once they play more teams around them, like, you yeah, know, United, Ross Counties, and St Mirrens, I think, well, that'll be a good gauge to see, like, what
0: level they're at this season, in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, for Motherwell, yeah, it's just kind of them keeping on, um, you know, that kind of tough run of fixtures. You'll we'll see. I think who's their their next game appears to be against Celtic. Actually, oh, that's not to be fair. Then they play Aberdeen. Which, you know, they have still got quite a tough run. You know, Dundee United uh, away from home, then playing Hearts, then playing Celtic. So, you know, maybe it might not be the kind of, sort of runs continuing on. To be fair for them, mm. but again, you know, Motherwell, um, you know, kind of got to be a wee bit patient in this kind of instance as well. Hamels, you know very still very much still doing the job, um not had a chance to bring in many new players and that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on as well. Yeah, definitely. Um obviously we've talked about, you know, the two the two weaker sides in the Lovians so far, both um uh, being defeated um at the weekend. But you know, yet again the best side in the Lovians had to come and save the day for I'm like I'm not going to say the East Coast, because we're not the East Coast there uh, from the, the this side of the Central Belt. Um, as Livingston, you know, dispatched of St. Johnston to get back into winning ways. Um, For us, though, in all honesty, it was a poorer performance. Well, I wouldn't say poorer performance. It was a more competitive game than last weekend against Ross County, but all the difference that one goal makes for us in this instance where last weekend we were not able to, to score anything, we would have played for another two hours, I think, and we would still not have scored against Ross County. This time round, we got a little bit of fortune, a deflected goal from Dylan Bahambula, um gives us the win, you know, puts us back into the top six. Um for Livingston fans so far, uh, Angus, um the frustration has been, you know, the lack of goals that have come from there. I think you know, 90% of our home games or something like that. You know, for the most part of our victories this season, they've all been kind of one-nil victories. I mean, I think against Hearts yep. against uh, Kilmarnock, now against St. Johnson that as well. even um, losing one as well. Um in that instance I waited on the United right won one 0 we're not scoring too many goals in one of those instances because of Bruce Anderson being injured. Um, do you think that a lack of goals is something that could maybe come back to haunt Livingston You know, as the season goes on? Or do you think the good signs are there that at least they're kind of creating opportunities even though maybe not taking them all at this moment in time? I mean, you're still
1: picking up points. So um, I think at the end of the day, that's what matters at the moment. But I think it shows that you also have a good defence that you're able to add the... Don't keep a clean sheet, or only can see the one that you get a point out of the game. Um, but yeah, you just been that team this season where you're just picking up points every now and then, climbing up the table, really.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's similar shades to that very first season that we came up, where you know the home form has been um, very, very good for us and has been picking up a lot of points, you know hosting the likes of Hearts and Hibs, you know, we're kind of expected probably to lose, you know, just based off the, the stature of the two clubs and that. Um, so to kind of get to this stage, you know, be in quite a comfortable position, um, out with of that Aberdeen game away from home, you know, our defence has been very solid. I think we've only conceded, what, 12 goals in 10 games. I think it's only, I think only the two old firm sides have got a better record than that. However, eight goals in 10 games isn't too great, but, you know, we're still nursing back the likes of Bruce Anderson. Uh, Ishmael Gonzalez hasn't really been able to get much of a time as well, but, one player who, you know, continues to impress in the league this season is Joe Nibley. Um, have you managed to see an awful lot of him, Angus? Uh I saw him against Hearts. Um and I saw I
1: saw him briefly against the against Rangers in the first game of the season when he uh properly announced himself by going scoring the opener. Um but yeah, I really like him as a player.
0: Uh I think he's a really good player. I think for that, you know, Livingston at the moment, you know, although the goals haven't been coming just yet, I think, you know, there is an attacking there's an, there's an exciting attacking element to our side at the moment. We've got Joel Nubli on one wing. Um, you know, it's just an absolute nuisance to play against. And it's it's absolutely hilarious each week just seeing which, which Premiership fullback is going to get bounced off of him this week. Um, yep. Poor Dre Wright had the the luxury of, you know, going up against Joel Nubli. And Dre Wright's not, you know, really a traditional fullback. I would say. um, So to have him, you know, up against Nubli is, you know, Quite a, quite a tall task, in all honesty. And um, Baham Bula on the other side, you know, Baham Bula, you know, five star skills you know, on FIFA 20, 23 this season. You know, I feel like I'm going back 10 years that I should, that, you know, FIFA ratings and that actually excites me. Um, but, you know, having somebody like that is interesting. And, you know, he's quite a maverick player, Baham Bula, and he got his first goal of the season there. You know, he does have, you know, plenty of tricks in his book. And um, I think as the season goes on, the more match fitness, the more chemistry he gets with the players, he's going to be an exciting player to look out for. But, for St Johnston, um, they actually started off the first half much, much better. And as we were saying about Livingston just there, um, St Johnston were ruined, missed chances. And this was an issue for St Johnston last season um, as well. I think they were the lowest scorers in the league um, and it saw them stay in the relegation zone. I don't think there are bad side in Johnston. I think they're actually pretty well organised. But yet again, I think we're seeing that a lack of clinical finishing is going to cost them. And because of that, I feel like they are going to stay, you know, kind of around that bottom area because there's teams who are more capable of doing so. I think that they've got good options. Uh, I think Stevie May is a good player. Nicky Clark as well. But I'm not entirely convinced that they're tremendous finishers. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on St Johnston so far? Um, I think I think you're right. I think
1: they will be in about that um, relegation area again. I mean, they're in, ninth, they're in ninth place at the moment, but they're only one point off the three... Of Ross County, Dundee, Dundee United, and Kilmarnock who are all shared on nine points, so I think I think they'll be in in around that area again. I think they they made some interesting signings in the summer with the likes of Constantine coming in, Nicky Clark, Dre Wright coming back. I think Jim is it Jamie Murphy there as well. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. So they, they made some interesting signings. I'm not sure, I'm not not sure if I'd call them good signs just yet. I haven't seen enough of them to have make them. Um, make my mind up yet. But um I think I don't think they will go down, but they'll be in around that area again, I think, this season.
0: It's interesting Adam, seeing that I'm saying that because they actually scored three more goals than us <laughs> so far this season. So just I guess it shows you where where you know you pick your moments to do. So um but yeah um they're quite an interesting side St Johnson because that first half that they they kind of came a bit more into the game they were unlucky to get a goal but for the second half they were pretty too fast, and I think a lot of St Johnson fans were quite Disappointed by that, um, you know, going away to Livingston, you know, it's a place that you know they've actually had quite decent um, fortunes and in, in recent years, you know, picked up some decent points. I Think they beat us and drew us, uh, drew with us at Tony Macaroni last season, so they are capable of picking up points here. Um, but you know, they're not kind of lay a glove in that second half when you know you're chasing that goal. I think will be very disappointing for them. But um, yeah, again, I think there'll be there's elements of you know good performances in there, especially within that first half. And again. You know, it'll just be you know picking up points against like so those Kilmarnox and Ross Counties and that that's maybe going to define their season for them. But yeah, going on to, you know, obviously mentioned just Ross County there. Um going on to speak about them drawing one one with Sunday United. I think Ross County as well, you know, finishing top six last season. Um I think a lot of people were expecting a drop off, you know, Regan Charles Cook um departing to go to a Belgian side, I believe. Um I think uh, who was our who was our player that the Just a Humble, um, return to his parent club. I that think happens. that this is going to be a thing with Frost County for most of the seasons, is that they rely quite heavily on these loans from you know the English leagues, and it's going to be, is the player going to be having as much of an impact as the likes of Hungbo or not, and ultimately that will decide whether they stay in the league or not. Um, I think they've been doing relatively okay so far. Um, you know they are bottom of the league so far, but you know there is three teams joint bottom on nine yeah. points. St. Johnston are only on 10 points as well, so they're not too far away. Um, but I do think that there is quite a lack of attacking quality in their side at the moment. They beat us last weekend 1-0, um, basically with their only attack of the game. Um, and I was very surprised to see that they've kind of set up to play Livingston and kind of sit back and you know kind of try and catch a team like Livy on the counter-attack. Um, I'm not entirely sure how well that's going to go out for the rest of the season, I think. Against a team with better kind of quality, in that you, you may have seen them get you know a couple of goals taken off of them, um, but yeah, what do you think about that kind of strategy? And do you think that that may end up being their downfall this season? You know, having that that loan system, um, certain players who may or may not hit the ground running. I, th- I think it is because I think every
1: season you're getting, you're having to replace all these players again, and this is it's the same positions that you're looking for every summer. But I think you also have to remember it too. They, they they started last season really badly as well, and it's sort of around this time that they really picked up and went on an amazing run. um I think they'd lost something like the first ten games or something. So, um they're doing better than they were at this this season, this stage last season, which is a which is a strange to think, but um, I think I think, yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of the strategy of lone player after lone player after lone player because you Every season you're having to build new relationships with new players and teammates, having to understand different play styles every summer. So um,
0: for me, I'm I'm not of that strategy. I'll be honest. I do have sympathy for them, to be fair, because it is working within you know the kind of the budget that they have. They'll be in a similar boat to Livingston, where um, try to attract players. I think maybe it's a wee bit more difficult as well to get people to relocate up to up to Dingwall as well. Yeah. Um, the likes of teams in the Central Belt, as silly as it does sound, they do have that advantage of being in. Um in this in that central area where you know they can live in the likes of the like the cities of Edinburgh, Glasgow and that the more kind of like lively lifestyles and stuff like that. Yeah. Um but you know, with Malcolm Mackay as well, just like with all the problems that Malcolm Mackay brings, you know, don't have to like the guy at all. Um he is a great manager for this level and Ross County are um much better with him in charge and you know, likes the last weekend's game and you know, even picking up the point against Dundee United there. Um, shows the manager managerial ability that he has. Big games coming up for them, you know, I think they've got Kilmarnock next, and then I think they go, I think they host yourselves, actually, I think they have yeah. um, yeah. involved in that. Um, so, you know, games that, you know, they could properly look back and, you know, and a couple of wins there, or even like a winning draw, that moves them up to, to, you know, about 13 points, it takes them, you know, closer to the top six as well, so it's, again, a couple of results can change everything, you know, they're two unbeaten just now, um, going away to Livingston and hosting Dundee United, which you know they'll be quite happy with that as well. Um, Dundee United, um, themselves, you know, I think they'll be very disappointed in the manner that they lost that first goal. Um, Craig yeah. something to, I know very well from his time at Livingston, very unlike him. Um, you know, working for like Livingston and that that kind of hard work, making sure not taking those kind of risks. I'm not sure what he's kind of doing there. Gives the ball away slack, and then also kind of doesn't shield the ball out pre- uh, properly. Can't take anything away from the finish by Callahan, though, right? Great finish. It's a
1: it's a great finish. She takes the goal superbly, just sorts it right into the top corner where the keeper can't get it.
0: Yeah, and I think Ross County do need a little bit more from him for uh, in that aspect. You know, I think there was that season for Hamilton that he scored so many goals. Um, I think Ross County haven't properly seen that just yet. But um, you know, Dundee Uniteds we come back into the game. You know, I think Dylan Leavitt absolutely levered the bar with an absolute wonder strike before yeah. like, Tony Watt gets, yeah. uh, gets the gets equaliser. United as well, you know, things started so brightly for them, you know, you look at that AZ Alkmaar game where they won 1-0 and they were great, like they played yeah. so, so well um, under Jack Ross and can you quite fathom what's happened to them this season?
1: No, I can't, it's, it's a weird one because after that, um, after the Alkmaar game where they won, it was like, they're going to be a team this season, they, they're going to do well, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, be a, they'll be a team to look out for this season, but, um, I don't, I don't know what's happened. I, did, I think they just peaked and just, they, they almost went on massive downfall, losing to taking taking a big defeat off, obviously, Alkermar and then Celtic later on in the season. Um, I think Liam Fox was a strange appointment. I think it was an easy way out for the, for the hierarchy at Dundee United. I think they could do, I reckon they could have got someone better to come in, but that's just my opinion, really.
0: Yeah, it's a strange one, Duniey, because we did the me and my pal Graham, uh, Graham Sinclair on the energy podcast. Um, we did our season preview, and I believe that I put United to finish fourth again, um, because of the signings that they've made. You know, they kept Dylan Levitt, like Stephen Fletcher coming in as well. I was really confident that they were going to, you know, further cement themselves as you know that kind of top six side. I can't can't quite believe you know what's happened here. I didn't think Jack Ross would have been such a disaster in all honesty as well. I'm not. Over, I'm not incredibly sold on Jack Ross as a manager. I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of credit that's been given that's maybe a wee bit too... I don't know. I don't know the right word to say it. I think he's been given a bit too much praise and probably yeah. was deserved in these kind of times. Mm-hmm. I look back to that season, the championship that St Mirren got promoted alongside Livingston as well. They had by far like the, kind of the best budget in that and never whenever they played us I didn't feel like they were that great a side. Um, obviously, they had his time at Sunderland and Hibs as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody could have predicted this with the camp. And yeah, I think the, the appointment of Liam Fox is an interesting one. Obviously, he's Livingston's third highest appearance holder now, I believe. Um, after Keegan Jacobs and Scott Pittman have taken him over. So he's a player who I know very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I He was at Cowden Beef, then he came to us as an assistant manager to Martindale, and now he's went off again to, you know, to become... Uh he was a coach at Dundee United getting the proper job there as well. So I think time will tell to see whether or not he'll be a success or not. But again, you know, you're looking, we're saying about Ross County changing results. That's three without a loss now for Dundee United. Two wins yeah. against Aberdeen and Hibs as well as a draw against Ross County at the weekend. So maybe it is a corner that's been turned slowly. Um, you know, they've got a League Cup game against Kilmarnock coming up and then playing Sitminen and then, then Motherwell. All games that you know are on paper, they were very much winnable. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, wins there, you know, that could take them up the table. And, you know, by by the time that the World Cup comes back or um, we come back to league action, you know, we might have a different narrative surrounding Dundee United, that you know, they've completely shrugged off what had happened um, at the start of the season and, you know, kind of got back to the Dundee United that, that we were probably all expecting at the start of the season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess time will only tell for that, um, you know, you look at that squad, though, that squad's far too good to be going into a relegation battle, When you
1: yeah.
0: think? Yeah. Oh, 100%. The likes of
1: um, Tony Watt, Stephen Fletcher. I, I like the signing of Stephen Fletcher. I thought that was a really good uh, piece of business. They just they just signed the, a former Hearst player, Arnold June, who I really liked. At, yeah. uh, at a Hearts.
0: defensive midfielder who they've been crying out for as well, because eh? yeah, since Gianni Cook's exactly. left, they've not replaced him, eh?
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, great signing. Um, I think the defense, though can be can be questioned. I think they, they still need a goalkeeper as much as what as much as they bought a goalkeeper in summer. They I distinctly I think they still need another one. And I was I'm still baffled why they just didn't go go and get Zander Clark when they had the chance. I'm not complaining, but I'm, I'm baffled that why they just didn't go get him in summer. But I think I think I think they'll push up the table and be a challenger for third. I think,
0: yeah, this this first round of fixtures, you know, has not been not been smooth for them at all. I mean, you look at them conceding twenty three goals. Obviously, that Celtic game will skew those figures a little bit, but even yeah. with that, it's fourteen and eleven games. You're talking about you know conceding over one a game, which isn't ideal at all. Um, in this level, um, only can only scoring ten themselves as well. You know, like, makes Tony Watt and Stephen Fletcher not haven't properly got going just yet. But yeah, I think for Dundee United, um. A lot may come down to the managerial ability of Liam Fox. Seeing how, you know, if this is a wee bit of a managerial bounce here, will that be able to be sustained in the future? Um, looking at his spell as counting beast manager, I'm not entirely convinced just yet. Um, I think Dundee United fans will still be a little bit sceptical. Um, and, you know, as you said, you know, that kind of easy appointment, you know, and appointing somebody from within rather than maybe a more experienced kind of option may come back to haunting them. And I think Dundee mm. United fans maybe wouldn't be. Slow to kind of turn on that as well, and I think the board would get a lot of backlash from that, especially with the, you know, the way that the, the early season was handled. But yeah, time will tell for them. Um, and I think that leads us on just you know to our last game, you know, submitting versus Kilmarnock a 0 0 draw. Not going to lie to you, I've not really seen an awful lot from this 0 um, 0, but I guess we can just go in and talk about you know, submitting or probably this season's you know, su- uh, surprise package. Um, Yeah, very, very, very sillily. I predicted that St Mirren would finish bottom. I was looking at that Premier Sports Cup campaign and thought that they were absolutely abysmal and that, you know, Stephen Robinson hadn't quite found out. I I was seeing that there was a... There seemed to be a couple of issues of Stephen Robinson digging out a couple of players, but...
1: Yeah. You
0: know, on all credit to the team, you know, they've kind of... They've taken that criticism on the chin and they've absolutely turned it around. And, you know, they've they've been fairly solid. I wouldn't say that they've been... I wouldn't say they've been spectacular, but you know they're doing that thing that you know Livingston have been praised for, and it's just been that kind of stuffy side who you know can grind out results. I mean, I was there eh, a couple of weeks ago; they beat us two one. Where I don't think that they played particularly well, but you know they still grinded out a two one victory. And eh, you know a couple of times that's maybe happened this season. They're getting those kind of differences, you know, that they can make that we eh, get that extra advantage, you know, that's putting them up eh, into the table. And you know, you know, you're looking at them sitting in fifth place at the moment. It's been quite a running joke in Scottish football with when Tony Fitzpatrick was uh, part of this midland setup, saying that he'd be finishing top six. But yeah, are they looking likely to do it this year? I th- I think possibly, and I think that I think quite possibly.
1: Yeah, I, I remember making that statement and just thinking, why on earth are you saying that? What are you doing? And then they came very close with um, Jim Goodwin um, two seasons two seasons ago, I think. Um, but I think just in general, I think the. They've really been um a surprise package this season, and obviously that big win, that win against Celtic,
0: the statement victory um showed that. Yeah, um, aye, it's an interesting one. I don't think they're a spectacular side, but you can't fault like how solid they are. The likes of Declan Gallagher's came, eh, would be a great signing for them. I think you know him coming from Aberdeen is a, one of the signings of the season and all honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people are writing him off. Um, and it may just be, you know, something as simple as, you know, the style of football or the the expectancy to defend a little bit more and just be that yeah. defender rather than a ball player. I think Gallagher's actually not too terrible on the ball in all honesty, but, you know, just something didn't seem to be right up there at Aberdeen with him. And, you know, that's coming to St Mirren's aid just there. Um, but, yeah, I think St Mirren fans will be delighted with, you know, the way that the season started so far. As well, they can maintain this. There's no point, you know, kind of, uh, keeping it up so far, and then you know, kind of suck them in, and you're know, giving away silly points. Um, you know, against Kilmarnock, you know they're probably looking at that. You know, the last what three home games or so they've played Livingston, Celtic, and Kilmarnock, and the one that they've not won is against Kilmarnock, which is you know, well, surprised a lot of people in all honesty. But yeah. Kelly as well, you know, um, quite a strange side so far this season, not an awful lot of consistency. Um, I think we know what to expect from a Derek McKinnis' side. Um, but you know going away from submitting going away to submitting in the form that they've been in, surely it's a massive positive getting a clean sheet and a point. Uh I think so, yeah. Um they've been they've been okay
1: this season, I think, but just coming up coming up from championship obviously breaking everyone's heart when they stopped our broke getting promoted. But um <laughs> I think yeah, they've been they've they've been alright this season. I um I don't think they've been very special or, or anything. I think one thing that will hurt them though is Kyle after they imminently going to get his bang for <laughs> something that he stupidly said. But um, I think that might hurt
0: them this season and I think it might drop
1: off after that's coming place.
0: Yeah, um, I guess we'll laugh at as well though. It's like, has he had that massive an impact so far this season? I don't remember him um, scoring too often. I can't think of the top of my head. Has he got any goals this season?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if he's got any goals, but he's just one of those players that's a focal point. And yeah. He, no, in fact, no, he does have a goal. He scored the x hearts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Guarding mistake, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just one of those players that's always a constant threat. Won't give you any time in the ball as a defender. And um, yeah, but I think. Yeah, I, yeah, just a massive focal point up, up front, and he's that
0: kind of player that you know, even if he's not kind of doing anything, he's in the back of your mind that he's there and he exactly, you regardless. Exactly. Um I'm not entirely sure who else uh, Kilmarnock have as an option up front. Is Ollie Shaw still there? Um Oli Shaw still there getting around. In terms of our strikers, I mean, I think Armstrong scored a couple of goals in the last couple of weeks as well. Um, uh, Jordan Jones is a threat. But in terms of the like, actual proper strikers, Christian Deutsch is there actually as well. Yeah. Um maybe they can come in and do this. So they've actually got some not bad options It's just kind of getting, you know, that bit more attacking quality into their game. Um but yeah, for Kelly, um, again, we're talking about, you know, like Sedan so United and Ross County Town uh, having a wee bit more fortune than their results. I think that's free unbeaten for Kamarnak now as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems as if you know all these teams at the bottom of the league are, you know, starting to pick up the points like slowly and gradually. Yeah. Without you really kind of getting away from one another as well. Um, so I think there may be a little bit of a element of frustration for them all that you know they're all picking up points and dropping them at the same time. But again, they're gonna be having to look at the next kind of next kind of fixtures and hoping that, you know they can make the difference there. I mean, you look at it, they host Ross County next, then they have a away trip to St Johnston, then they play Livingston, then Dundee United. Four games that, you know, very much winnable as well. And a manager like Derek McInnes could be where that kind of managerial prowess that he has could make the difference there. However, if not, if you're looking at that run of games, if they only pick up, say, two points from that 12, yeah. the pressure's on, and, you know, they've lost You know, Dundee United and Ross County are the two teams sitting at the bottom of them now. The gap would start to create from there, and you know, a lot of the confidence would maybe be going from the fans. McInnes has just signed a new contract as well, so I don't think he would be in any danger of losing his job, but that pressure would certainly be heaved on them, right? Definitely, definitely. I think,
1: I think for all teams at the bottom, this next round of games is so crucial because they all play one another. So if one team can go and win all the games and one team loses all the games, then there's, there's going to be a gap that'll start to um, appear there, so it's it's
0: just, it's a very very important it's a very important time for the bottom four or five teams. Yeah, I think that pretty much ni- nicely wraps up. You know the weekend's action. Just there, not an awful lot more to talk about from uh, and like a and come There being a nil nil draw. But just before we go off, Angus, um, obviously we've not had any of the podcast run so far this season, so there's not been an awful lot of chance to talk about you know the kind of the league so far. So. What I'd like to ask from you is, um, who is a player so far this season? Actually, give me two. Give me one from Hearts. Who you think's maybe been, uh, you know, your kind of player of the season um, so far for you guys? Who's impressed? Who's been, you know, one of the top performers for you? And then just one from the rest of the league in general as somebody who's particularly impressed you.
1: Um, from Hearts, I think Alice Cochran's probably probably been a player of the season. Uh, on loan last season from Brighton, signed him permanently in summer. Um, great piece of business to get him, and he's young. Um, he's just been a really good, really good player, and he's all he's only kicked on from from last season. I think I really, I really enjoyed him last season, and I think now people are starting to um, appreciate as um how good how good he's been and how much of a support he's a uh, how much how much um how much he gives to the team, and then from another club put me in the spot. Um I think Josh Campbell from Hibbs has been uh, quite surprising. I didn't really think much of him before the season. But I think he was absolutely hopeless last season in all honesty. Exactly. But <laughs> he like, he's 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 got quite a few goals to his game to his name this season. one that springs to mind is I'm uh, pretty sure he scored in the last minute to draw with Rangers. Um and against I think he scored was it him that scored against St. Johnston as well. But anyway, he's got he's got lots he's also, he's got a few goals to his name this season and he's really kicked on from what was
0: a poor season last year he's one that surprised me yeah fair enough Uh, I think Campbell is one you know I think the recent uh, View from the Terrace uh, podcast which uh, actually episode of BBC which features ex-energy sport alumni uh, Amy Canavan um, which you go and watch it and uh, give that a Give that a good watch. Um, good to see a former Edinburgh Napier student um, making great strides onto you know public television as well, which is absolutely great to see. Uh, there was a segment which Campbell's um, influence this season was mentioned. Um, yeah, a bit of a turnaround because he's a player who has received a little bit of um, a little bit of stick from uh, the Hibs support, which you know is never a hard thing to do. In all honesty, um, Hib's fans are notoriously fickle. Yeah. Um but. Yeah, um, if you can continue it, I'm guess there's no point in doing it. You know, for only you know a third of the game so far this. Yeah. season. Um, I'm not even entirely sure if he properly starts from them all the time as well. But you know, four goals this season you can't really sniff at that too much. Um, I guess I'll go for one myself. Um, from Livingston. Um, I think there's a, there's a few you could probably talk about. Um, Joe Nubley's one, obviously, who is, receives received a lot of plaudits. I'm going to go with Io Obli, though. Um, at centre half. Obviously, we we're talking about. Um, you know the kind of Livingston keeping a lot of clean sheets so far he also scored a winning goal against Hibs um, uh, which is obviously an absolute delight as well um, but yeah he's been he's been our mainstay at the back so far Jack Fitzwater was probably one of our players of the season last year I think he's picked up, a, picked up a suspension and an injury as well which has seen him ruled out but Obelai's been in there and absolutely marshalled the defence tremendously well um, and yeah he's been the key to our back line so far this season been very very impressive so far as for the rest of the league, I'm I would like to go elsewhere outside of the Old Firm, but I guess it's kind of hard not to. Um, I guess for you know looking at Celtic, you know I really like the look of Matt Riley, eh, Matt Riley even, <laughs> yeah. and the way that he's been playing so far this season. Um, Jota as well, I think Jota's, you know really kind of kicked on a little bit more, adding eh, more goals and assists to the game, as well as Antonio Cholak at Rangers, who you know I'm. Quite not looking forward to you know the prospect of facing next week at Ibrox is because you know you get the ball to him in that penalty box and he seems to be able to punish teams. But hopefully he'll be having an off day just there. But yeah. I guess I'll do the flip side of this, uh, Angus. I won't ask, I won't put you on the spot for your own side for this one. But just in the league in general, who's been who's been a player or just like a side in general that's kind of disappointed you or you, you know you've expected a wee bit more from or hasn't quite got as running as you'd have hoped. I, we we talked about just there. I think it's Dundee, It has to be Dundee United. Um, so
1: much was expected of them. What after obviously the first leg against Alkmaar? I think they they've just really just fallen off the cliff. And but um,
0: yeah, they're probably a probably team that's just I expected more from put it that way. Yeah, I don't think you'll find too many people disagreeing with that. I think we're all expecting a wee bit more from Stephen Fletcher as well. I think individually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got off to a good start with you know that assist against Kilmarnock uh, on the opening day, but it's not really kind of kicked on really too much from there. Um, in terms of other kind of players, not in terms of disappointment, I guess, I guess for your for yourself, it would just be you know for Hearts, you know the kind of the the injury list that's kind of combined. I was really excited to see how Alan Forrest would get on in that kind of uh, that front kind of line, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's have had, you know, the kind of opportunity to properly play that yet. And I think that he will be a player who, you know, if he's aren't already like tremendously excited by him as the season yeah. goes on, and the more that your team becomes a bit more stable, um, you'll be reaping the rewards from that. So that's maybe, uh, for me, what I would kind of point out just there is, you know, it's always a shame seeing, like Alan Forrest was absolutely my favourite player at Livingston last season. It's always a shame seeing players like that go, but it's also good to see them kind of flourish in a different area. And I think... He's not had a terrible start. I think he's got, what, three or four goals so far. Yeah, he scored, scored in the first game, the season. Yeah, um, I think he got a double against Morwell, I think is correct. Yeah, he did. He got, he yeah. got a double again. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from him as well. Um, obviously, I to plug that in because he, he's just my guy. But, yeah, obviously, yeah, not too bad there. But, you know, that kind of wraps us up quite nicely. You know, we've had a wee bit of analysis, you know, kind of talking about the, the season so far as a whole. Um, as well as that kind of last week's games there. And I hope, you know, to the listeners out there who are tuning in for the first time this season that you will be wanting to hear our dulcet tones yet again. Um, you know, good good chat with you, Angus um, where can where can people find you if they want to see more of your uh your opinions on football? Um I'm not sure I'll have many people wanting that, but if you do it's at FitBah Mad on Twitter or just type in Angus Blacklock. I'm sure it'll come up. Perfect. And yeah we'll obviously attach your links uh, into the into the spotify episode as well and um, for me as well you can find me at angus mcgregor if you type on twitter or angus mcgregor Living on there and you'll be able to see mainly stuff talking about livingston and all honesty and um, but yeah you'll maybe see some depressing tweets coming next week as we face rangers and um, i think i'll be making my first my first ever trip to uh, ibrox angus have you ever been uh, i've been once but it was for scotland georgia so i've never been to watch Never the... The Have you got any tips for me to you know to protect myself against those ravenous bears? But I guess uh, I guess we'll be going to going into it pretty I'll be, blind. I'll I'll be going for my first away game in uh, in November before the World Cup. So uh, you'll need to give me some tips once you've been. Absolutely. Well, I guess we'll maybe we'll maybe be discussing that uh, on a podcast very much soon. Um, but yeah, thanks again to everybody for for listening to us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and hopefully you'll come back in for another one. Um, Angus, thanks very much for joining us, and you know I think I'll I think everybody'll agree on a very good first podcast as well. Hopefully to hear much more from you as well. But from us at Energy Sport, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.